Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's worth noting that God's Word is the heart and center of our life, not only together as Christians in the Christian congregation, but really the heart and center of our lives um, within our families and within this world. And without God's word at the center, uh, don't be surprised that you become unmoored um, from the gifts that God wants to give, which namely, I mentioned this yesterday before our voters meeting, the fruits of the spirit, grace, peace, love, charity, self-control, chastity. Um, Those gifts are, are yours through the spirit, but how does the spirit come to you? Through the study, meditation upon God's word, receiving of the gifts of the Lord's Supper, and of course, renewal of your baptism in the forgiveness of sins. All right. So if you become unmoored from this, this word, if you come unmoored from the life of the Christian congregation in the sanctuary around his word and sacrament, um, don't be surprised that your behavior and um, your relationship to others becomes fractured and actually starts to look very worldly. Um, always being the victim and having grievances rather than actually taking responsibility uh, for one's own self and uh, being proactive in your life of faith. So I appreciate that you're here with me today. Um, Many of you join us each day, uh, which is great because now you're grounded and solid in God's word and that God's word has its way with you and your behavior uh, towards me and towards others is a reflection of that in a good way, right? Showing, showing kindness and gentleness and patience, um, speaking the truth in love, etc. All right, so to the, with that, let's pull up the devotion and we'll begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our memory verse for this week. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. We'll say it again. God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. Our psalm this week is Psalm 125. Let's say it together. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do no wrong, or to do wrong, excuse me. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra what persecutions I endured. And out of them all the Lord, or out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There ends the reading. I imagine that you uh, can uh, resonate with this reading as what we've seen um, increasingly so is even Christians being misled and, and drawn away from Christ as he's revealed to us in the scriptures, away from the scriptures and the way they instruct us and the way we should go, being equipped for every good work, as, as Paul says here to Timothy. Um, and these attacks come not only from without the church, but w- even within the church. And uh, within the church, we'll see those who, again, as he says, have the form of godliness, but what was the, but denying its power there in verse five, right? So they profess to be Christians. Um, but inwardly, they have these characteristics that he describes above, which we could call uh, the fruits of unbelief or the fruits of um, satanic belief, if you prefer. Right? Um, but the point was is that God will, will, will actually separate wheat from chaff. He'll, he'll bring judgment upon those who reject him. Um, and we don't actually have to mm, hasten that on. <laughs> um, God will give them over uh, to their heart, unfortunately, for them. Um, but fortunately, then, for the sake of, like the prodigal son, recognizing their unrepentance and being brought into repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All right. And then our reading for catechesis is from Second Samuel chapter 6. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. 
So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which is on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which is on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called on the name, he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed Edom of the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. All right, you remember uh, last week Friday we left off with uh, David, of course, defeating the remaining of uh, Philistines, but also reigning over not over just Judah, but also over Israel, the unified kingdom, all the tribes together. And we pick up uh, where we left off in chapter 6. All right, so what was the Ark? The Ark of the Covenant, right? Of course, it was a sign of God's promise, but remember, this is the physical place where God promised to dwell with his people, right? He said, come we put it in the tabernacle, come to the ark. And God sat on the mercy seat on the top, right? Okay. Now, how many men did David bring together uh, to bring up the ark? It says here, verse 1, 30,000, right? Um, that would be important in the New Testament, in the New Testament. But we'll get to that. Uh, why was the ark, excuse me, no, I'm confused. That's a different number. Never mind. Uh, why was the ark called by the name? There we go. That's where I was going with the name, the Lord of hosts. All right. That's the New Testament connection I was hoping to make, right? Yeah. Because God had promised that he was present with the ark to bless his people. So where he puts his name, that's where the Lord is, right? 
Now think New Testament, John chapter 1. The name of God has taken on flesh, and as John reminds us, John 1.14, and has tabernacled amongst us. The word was, uh, became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us to save us. So that's the connection here to the ark. Jesus is our, he is um, our ark of the covenant. Why is this important then for our worship today? Where his name is is where Jesus is, right? And because his name is fully present um, in the sacrament of the altar, there we have the blessings that he promises. All the blessings that came from the ark come to us in the sacrament upon the altar to bless us with forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. The same blessings as the ark. Um, regarding the name, which commandment deals with the name? We looked at this a few weeks ago. Yeah, the second commandment, right? I shall not misuse the name of the Lord your, your God. And then also what petition of the Lord's Prayer, thinking of our catechism as well, deals with the name? That would be the first petition, right? Hallowed be thy name. So why is the name so important? Well, the name tells us who God is. Um, These are the words by which God tells us who he is. We don't use names in the same way as they did, um, in at least not in the Hebrew understanding. Names tell you who something is, or who someone is. Uh, we don't not, normally, those would be nicknames usually, right? <laughs> or, um, or I guess, what else? What other kind of name do we call those? Um, pen names, yeah, maybe. Or pseudonyms, right? So, so I always wanted to be called uh, Gillespie the Magnanimous, right? So I'm the Magnanimous, right? Describes who I am. <laughs> it's a joke. Of course, what is the Old Testament name of God? Here, think of uh, God when he calls uh, Moses in Exodus chapter 3. He says, what name shall I tell the people sent me? All right? And God says, tell them, I am sent me. Again, connecting us back to Gospel of St. John, right? Not only does Jesus become flesh and dwell amongst us, right, tabernacle amongst us, but also the name he repeatedly uses, especially in John's Gospel, is I am. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the bread of, bread of life, etc. So again, how do we define um, the name of God? These are the words by which God tells us who he is, and also then by which name we should call we call upon um, when we're in trouble, in prayer, in praise, and, and when giving thanks. For example, his name Jesus means the Lord is our salvation. So we call him Jesus, not only because that's his proper name, because his name means the Lord saves. <laughs> All right, now, um, that's a lot on the name, but I think that's important. How does uh, David transport the ark? Yeah, it says he set the ark of God on a new cart, um, which is interesting because who else had, when they had actually stolen the ark, there's your hint, um, put it on a, on a cart rather than carrying it by the poles, which is how God had originally uh, mandated they would carry the the ark. Who carried it in a, in a cart? It was back in 1 Samuel chapter 6, and that was uh, the Philistines. All right. So originally, um, you can look at Exodus 25, Numbers 4, 1 Chronicles 15. They were to carry the ark uh, with the poles through um, the rings on the side, and then on the shoulders of the Levites, the priests. All right. So David already here um, doesn't remember 
what was to happen, how to properly do it. And of course, that's very clear then when Uzzah um, t- puts his ark on the ark, or puts his hand on the ark, I should say, to take hold of it, you know, because the oxen were stumbling, um, that he struck down, right? Why did God strike him down? Again, Numbers chapter 4, maybe I'll read that for you, with the instructions for the ark. Um, let's see, here it is. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Do not cut off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, but do this in regard to them, that they may live and not die when they approach the most holy things. Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint each of them to his service and task, but they shall not go in to watch while the holy things are being covered, um, lest they die. All right, so the Lord had commanded, um, we have the poles here, that anyone who touched um, the ark and rather the other holy things without first being made holy, cleansed by the word of God and by the, the ritual or rites that God had established, um, would die. And that's, of course, because sinners cannot touch the holy presence of God and live. Only those who have been um, cleansed of their sin can do that. Yeah, it says it, uh, verse 15 in particular, I read verses 19 and 20 of chapter 4. Here's what it says. And when Aaron and the sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set to go, that the sons of Kohath shall come and to carry them, but they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. Right? There's always this, this distance from touching the holy things. Of course, um, that's different than today, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, where did these events all take place? Yeah, verse 6, on Nacon's, or Nahon's threshing floor. Of course, we talked about threshing floors uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. The threshing floor is the place of judgment. Uh, we see that confessed in, say, Matthew chapter 3 uh, from Jesus. I'll give you that. Uh, Jesus says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is John the Baptist actually saying, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, right, that separation of wheat and chaff is a picture of judgment. The wheat is what is useful, and the chaff is to be cast out and burnt. This is really picking up on uh, Old Testament allusions. For example, Jeremiah 51. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor when it is time to thresh her, yet a little while and the time of harvest will come, for example. All right, so again, place of judgment, the threshing floor. Uh, why is David's question in verse 9 correct? How can the ark of the Lord come to me? This is David acknowledging his sin and that there is no way that we may approach, any of us actually, God on our own account um, because of our sin. So he recognizes that he too, like Uzzah, um, is a sinful man um, and now is fearful of God's presence on the ark. This should, again, I said, set us up uh, to rightly understand our worship today as Christian um, because of our sinful condition. Because the altar um, is a sign of God's holy presence among us. This is why we reverence the altar and we don't um, pile things around in the altar, but we, we use it for its intention, intentional purpose, right? Which is to be the table of the Lord where the sacrament is um, administered. Um, because that's where the Lord 
It's a sign of God's holy presence where the Lord comes mercifully to us uh, to bestow the gifts of heaven, namely his body and blood, according to the words of institution. But again, um, as we talked about with the sacrament, we don't we need to receive it in faith, otherwise um, we touch the sacrament, we receive it upon our, our mouths. Outside of faith, we receive it to our judgment, just as um, Uzzah touching the ark. Right? So first we confess our sins, we receive preaching, his word, instruction, uh, and then, only then, having confessed our sins and being absolved, washed clean um, in our baptismal waters again, do we come to the Lord's table. What happened at uh, Obed-Edom's house? I don't know how he got the short end of the stick here, but he ended up with the ark um, in his home, right, for three months. Uh, But note that all of his household was blessed by the Lord uh, on behalf of that. All right, when David realizes um, that the ark is not to be, it is to be feared, but also it is a source of blessing, um, he comes to retrieve it, right, in verse 12. And uh, note, there's the men take six steps before stopping here in verse 13 and sacrificing the oxen and the fatted sheep. All right, six steps. Why six, do you think? All right, six is the number of sinful man in the scriptures, incompletion, right? Not completion. Identifies the need, of course, for the sacrifice of the son of David, who was sacrificed on the sixth day of the week, Friday, Good Friday, right? And then makes atonement and gives us rest then on the seventh day. And then we can live in the eternal eighth day, the day of our baptism. Why did McCall, and there's this brief allusion here, but this will come back. Why did McCall despise David? Leaping and dancing before the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord. Hmm. Maybe she has a little bit of the spirit of her fathers. It's visited upon the children to the third and fourth generation. Yeah. Why is it significant that David fed the people before sending them home? Well, here think of the son of David, right? Jesus feeds his people before preparing the greatest feast of all, his body and blood, right? Did God approve of David's actions or was McCall right? We didn't read that part, actually, so let me go pull it up. Um, Later on, just a few verses later, with the deal with McCall, yeah, he, she, McCall and David interact. Maybe I'll just read it for you here quick. Uh, where did we leave off? Verse 19, right? Then David returned to bless his household, and McCall, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So she's clearly. Uh, ticked here. (laughs) So David said to McCall, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will humble, be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, McCall, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Ooh. Yeah, God approved of David's actions, even though McCall did not, right? Because he was willing to be humiliated before the Lord. And then McCall, who was too proud um, to do such a thing, was not blessed by the Lord. Children being a blessing of the Lord. 
All right, a meditation then on the text. Jesus came in the flesh to be our ark, for he bears the name that saves and is above every name. In him all the fullness of God dwells, that is, the Holy One of God dwells in the flesh of man. The sacrifices offered every six paces were offered on behalf of sinful men who were created on the sixth day. Likewise, on the sixth day, our Lord would become the once and for all sacrifice. In the Sanctus of the Divine Service, we cry out to the Lord of hosts for blessing. Then the Son of David, our Ark of the Covenant, distributes to us his own body and blood, that we might be sent forth to our homes to carry out our daily vocations. In the Lord's Supper, we receive the full benefit of that sacrifice. No longer does the anger of God burn against us, because the Holy One of God goes before us. All right. Confess our catechism for this week. What is the seventh commandment? You shall not steal. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. What is the eighth commandment? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. We pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins of stealing and strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Eighth Commandment, Heavenly Father, forgive us for our sins of giving false testimony against our neighbor, and strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything about him in the kindest way. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I pray the Collect. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. That's actually not our collect for this week. I don't know where that collect came from. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's all right. We'll pray it tomorrow. Is that next week's collect? That's next week's collect. Okay. Let us pray on this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in thanksgiving with Shinar, Seth, who celebrate their birthday yesterday, with Kyle, who celebrated his baptism yesterday, Dwayne, who rejoices in his baptism today. Rejoice with Norm and Sandy, Garrett and Jennifer, who celebrated their anniversary yesterday. We pray for all the households of our church, especially this week, the household of Jerry and Marla, Sean, Jennifer, Isaac, Shirley, Ron and Janet. We pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Amanda, Dan, John and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, Kathy, Mike and Kay. Our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Mickey. 
Pray for the missions and mercy work of the Church, especially LCMS World Relief and Human Care. We intercede for the gift and increase of chastity among us. And we continue to pray for those grieving, especially Bill and Willis. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for today, for this week rather, Beautiful Savior. Oh, say.
right. It's good to have you with us here for our Congregation Prayer today, September 20th, 2021. Come to you each morning at 9 a.m. so that we may dwell richly in God's Word and, again, allow His Word to have His way with us, that our lives would be uh, manifest um, as children of God, as He lives and dwells within us by His Word. All right. So, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again tomorrow.